Welcome to the Nitty Gritty, where we challenge conventional thinking. Join us as we explore real life, real people, real stories, and how pushing back can make all the difference. Welcome to the Nitty Gritty. Today we have Jeremy Hammond with us. Not the hacker. Not the hacker. If you Google Jeremy Hammond, he's a big time hacker. I mean, we should have just rolled with that. We should have. Like he's on the line from uh, prison right now with us. (laughs) He got got his one phone call. Hey, I just got yeah, out. <laughs> so Jeremy is the owner, founder with his brother of Caliber now, right? Mm-hmm. Is it Caliber or Caliber Smart? Caliber, Caliber Communications. Uh, oh, okay. We do go by Caliber Smart. Got it. Mm-hmm. So I've known Jeremy for a long time. Previous businesses, different names. We're going to jump into all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to have you here, man. Hey. You know what? When AVB's up to something, I want to be up to that too. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for the invite. So Jeremy, give us a quick 30 second kind of intro to what Caliber is right now. Yeah. So Caliber, it's uh, pretty simple. Well, we're a sales engine marketing group. We do uh, face-to-face uh, direct, we call it direct sales for big fortune 500 companies as well as ourselves so there's some products that we own uh, but for the most part uh, we go with big brands that have already built their brand we take that brand uh, we represent it well and get paid basically to market that's what we do to make money but when you say like what do we do Uh, like we really develop people like that's what we do how do you develop people? What do you mean by that? So uh, what I think that caliber and like what makes us uh, special is we take uh, individuals that either are looking for more or at a young part of their life, they're looking to accomplish the things that they uh, set out to accomplish. We figure out what that why is, what they really want, and then our uh, products become the mechanism that helps them reach grow. those goals gotcha. yeah. and grow as individuals. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. The yeah. Sure. Simon Sinek golden circle, right? That's right. Your why in the middle and then That's right. your products are just the what's of the outside mm-hmm. and they'll change and they'll, they'll how do you remember of- all this stuff? <clears throat> well, you're like a walking book. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, he has the perfect, like just what do you want? Quote. Hey, as a financial like, advisor, that, that's what you want, right? You have to be. <laughs> if someone's way. managing your wealth, you want them to have like a steel trap for memory. They have to come across as educated, educated, professional, smart, smart. Retain the, retains it. information, I've keep secrets. It. I've got everybody tricked. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and I think that's been an evolution. Uh, when we first started, it's actually we were in it for to grow a company and make money, and and I think over time that's evolved to. Uh, doing it for different purposes what's so fun is you bring i mean we've had all sorts of different people come in and everyone from the outside can kind of guess or see what a business is Mm -hmm. but i love talking to the guys who started sorry guys or girls that's wasn't trying to be that but my gosh and grow up (laughs) but there's always like a deeper meaning you know there's a deeper meaning behind what it is that they're doing and they try to just kind of communicate that through the business but this isn't your guys' first business. No. So walk us through, I mean, actually, you know what? We're, let's kind of jump back into a little bit of who Jeremy Hammond is. Yeah. So where'd you grow up? 
So small town Idaho boy. So all of our Idaho listeners, what what what? <laughs> um, Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Hey, don't forget about Mangum, man. Uh, Tanner Mangum. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I love Tanner. Too. Uh, both great guys. Uh, but yeah, small town Rexburg, Idaho, uh, fastest growing city in America. <laughs> I feel Is that like real? everybody has no, the fastest blow- growing city in America. It is blowing up. Uh, <laughs> right? The university Vineyard. there is now like 35,000 students and the population is like 20. BYU-Idaho's 35,000? It's huge. And they it's don't grown. have sports. Oh. That's the up. small town. Uh, seven kids, seven Hammonds, uh, five boys, two girls. Where do you fit in? Yeah, I'm second to oldest. Oh, wow. So my business partner and our CEO is my older brother, the oldest. Ooh. <laughs> There's lots of fun stories This is with exciting. That. <laughs> I, I just figured out what I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dang. honestly, like, I think I, I can't remember who talked about it. I listened to one of your podcasts. Someone talked about it, but. My dad just did a fantastic job of, we lived a super humble, meek, like, lifestyle. What did your dad do? He was grounds and maintenance for the local hospital most of uh, my life. Uh, He now does the same thing for uh, Best Western down in Idaho Falls. But we, money wasn't something we had, um, but I still look at my dad as the biggest influencer in my life. Um, And... I think the one thing he taught Mike and I and the rest of the Hammonds is value money because we didn't have any. So if you <laughs> want it, you're going to work. And we had jobs, potatoes, mowing lawns. Uh, we worked if we wanted anything, right. including school clothes, um, anything like that. And then love for other people. Like I think that that's really uh, my niche uh, in our business is is the people side and I 100% get that from my pops. Like, he is the ultimate people lover. Like, uh, everyone that knows him loves him. And cool. Well, I will say stud, that that yeah. definitely is your niche. Anyone who mm-hmm. knows Hammond knows and loves this guy. <laughs> so. I will say, when Andrew was telling me about you, that there was a sparkle in his eye. I got that, I got that little twinkle. <laughs> it sounds like I'm joking, but he just... Uh, you know, he's a... Andrew, you know him. He's a fairly yeah. stoic person. Like, you can't... You got to earn your jokes with him. Like if, uh-huh. if he laughs, you did a good job. <laughs> but yeah, he was he was excited to have you on. Hey, so listen, man, uh, it goes back to when Andrew started the Norton Group. Right. The dude was giving out sleeves, sleeves of Pro V ones, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is my kind of guy. <laughs> That's right. It's a premium person. <clears throat> he That's is a, so funny. And then he calls. He's like, hey. He's not a hacker in real life. He's a hacker on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Never seen somebody hit the ball higher than Andrew. <laughs> he, he's got, he's he gets got some carry. So, Jeremy, how your dad growing up that way, he obviously instilled those values. Mm-hmm. How did he help kind of instill like the entrepreneur spirit you and your brother obviously have if we'll get into kind of all the stuff you guys have done? Yeah. But he wasn't an entrepreneur. Oh. He, you know, he settled for what was comfortable. Um, he wasn't a risk taker. And I think that as um, an entrepreneur, you have to be able to take risks. And that's something that he wasn't uh, willing to do. He wanted to make sure that his little family was taken care of and had the bare necessities. And that's really what we had is the bare necessities. I think our entrepreneur bug came from... Um, a, uh, when we first got into sales, we were good at it. 
and B, uh, when you have, uh, when you come from nothing, you want more. And, um, I think the combination of, uh, that work ethic that he instilled into us and the drive for wanting more and knowing that we were already good at something is what started the bug. And then, uh, it's like resilience. You come from an environment like that, like, uh, you're a pretty resilient kid, uh, by the time you're 18. And so that's another key element of entrepreneurship, right? Is being resilient. And so it started there. And, uh, I'll be honest, my brother, Mike, uh, probably the second most influential guy in my life. We're going to talk about it. I know, but he's saying it. That's too nice of a thing for you to say. (laughs) I'm a little worried. They say don't do business with family, but it's honestly been the best decision that I've ever made in my entire life. And, and, uh, he's, uh, came into the sales industry. He was one of the top salesmen in the nation. He was crushing it and making more money in a summer back then in 2000 than my dad made, he would make three years of my dad's pay in one summer. Right. Wow. And <clears throat> I was like, dude, let me in. And how much, uh, how, it's been he's awesome. how much older than you? He's two years, two years. That's right. So my, kind of sounds like Vest Pearson a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, wasn't it his brother? Was it his little it, brother? It was his little brother that went out and sold. Right. And he goes, you're making how much money? I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Was there a little bit of that in it? Oh, there was dude. It's actually a funny <laughs> story. I'll share it. It's quick, but, uh, so he had already sold one year before and made a bunch of money. And what was he selling at that time? A pest control. Okay. Preventive pest control. Awesome company that's still here in the Valley. Um, and he went out and crushed it and he recruited me. He's like, you can do this too. And I had to finish up, uh, school and close out my job. And, and so I got there two weeks late and I show up and they're crushing the whole company. They're by far the number one office. And I'm like, I carried the Hammond name. He was known because he was their top rep. And I'm like, you guys are killing it and you don't even have the other Hammond. (laughs) We're going to (laughs) dominate. And um, I got out there and I literally didn't sell for two weeks. Nothing. uh, Was the biggest kick in the, uh, literally like, uh, it was a kick in the stomach. And um, Mike actually, uh, let me tell you what he did. Uh, When you are young, and uh you're not successful and you think you should be successful <laughs> you start making excuses and you start blaming uh the scenarios and i'm like, blaming all the other people we talked about that me just in last week a rich neighborhood the right. uh, these people aren't wanting to buy and mike just said dude shut up like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna prove to you that it's all right here it's in your head and um he took me to the same neighborhood i was ju- had just knocked he let me knock in front of him and he literally knocked the doors right behind me. I sold zero. He sold 10. <laughs> and he's like, it's all in your head, man. Like you fix it here. Your pitch sounds okay, but you don't have the confidence. You're not closing. It's just little tiny things like you can do it. Um, and I think tying it back to my dad being like a people person, Mike can kind of shut that off. He can be a people person, but he's also like, can disconnect if someone's like rude to him he really doesn't care like if he's in an uncomfortable situation he'll knock the door six times and if he can see someone in the house he'll wait 
until they answer. <laughs> like if I see someone in the house not answering, I'm like, peace. Like they don't want me here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, which is so funny because you and Mike are so different, different that way. Yeah. So different, which I think goes in what, to, in what way? In every way. Like shy, outgoing, <laughs> like what? I mean, as no, far as Mike is a sales. little bit more reserved. He's very analytical. So right. he's uh, uh, like financial he's a spreadsheet uh, background, guy. spreadsheet kind of guy. He looks right. at numbers. And unfortunately, sometimes he also looks at people that way. Like they're black and white. Like you're either doing something for me or you're not. Right. But he's actually also the most loving and caring man when you get to the core of him that you'll ever meet so it's so funny there's like it's different it's like the strangest the both of you guys like the strangest combination like when i first met you Mm -hmm. i knew mike and i knew you Mm -hmm. and i remember they were saying yeah jeremy has to keep mike grounded because mike's a dreamer and when you first meet him because he's kind of the analytical type he doesn't come across as like a big thinker ideas guy he comes across as kind of this and you are the people person really friendly mm-hmm. and if i would have guessed when i first met you you would have been the clouds guy the clouds mm-hmm. guy right. and mike would have been the dirt guy right yeah. but it's the exact opposite it is like you keep mike grounded mm-hmm. you're the one like michael come up with all these cool ideas on what he wants to do and directions he wants the companies to go mm-hmm. and it's up to you to make it happen yeah so i think he would tell you and i'll tell you the same thing i couldn't do it without him i don't uh feel like we would be nearly as successful without him and and i think he would say the same thing uh, i agree 100 percent. So. but it's just so it's funny how different you are and when you first meet each other you would think the opposite yeah just because of like natural first reactions first personalities with with the both of you yeah so i think it's, so uh why didn't you invite him here too because that could have been interesting <laughs> I, so he li- he lives in idaho or else i would matter. have he did drive we can afford today. a frontier airlines ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think it's also funny that a lot of our guests that we've had on have been family members. Right. A lot of husband-wife duos that work, that work together yeah. very successfully. We've also had a lot of family members. I mean, even with you and Scott, you know, yep. you and I now doing this, family members. Because I think the common knowledge is don't work with family. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories that it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. But what's been funny is how many of the stories are working yeah why do you think you guys have been able to overcome it because it's not all roses with you guys i mean you guys have had your literal fist fights yeah (laughs) in your past we have uh and i'll tell you um i think it's him way more than me like uh mike is someone that uh he can take a scenario and he's very good at like unconditional love and um, I respect him a lot for that, but it's worked in, in the sense that I think in the beginning it was a little bit different where he was like cheering for his younger brother to be a big part of his company and like do something with him. But it's evolved over the, over the years, um, to a point where I, I love it because I can sit in a meeting and he can be like, I can say, bro, that's stupid. Like you're being an idiot. And he can be like, no, you're being an idiot. And we can kind of go at it. And at the end of it, we can come to a resolution, but we speak truthfully. Uh, if that makes sense, we don't ever have to hide right. like your true feelings. And I think more gets done when you can truthfully speak about, uh, where the business is or what's happening in the business without 
like an employee or someone that uh, that doesn't hold that sometimes they try to protect themselves or the situation um and so they hide a little bit of how they really feel right uh worried about damaging the relationship i know that i can i can be even in the wrong and as rude as i need have ever been to him and he'll still love me uh, that is the one advantage to family right mm-hmm. you can't, you can't go you can't go anywhere <laughs> right not, i mean it may get a little ugly sometimes but at least it gets dealt with you know what when you have partners it's a lot like family or marriage anyways like right uh that's why when things don't go well with partners it's kind of like a uh, it can be nasty it can get sure a little bit crazy how did you guys learn to handle it that way because i'm sure in the beginning if you guys would have had a nasty disagreement it's easy to kind of carry that with you for a while and so mm-hmm. did you guys learn that we have a certain way to talk about things we have something that we like to do like how have you guys been able to kind of manage that relationship and learn that process yeah um i'll tell you i i think that it was something that when you go back to why does it work? I think it was the way we were raised. Um, I think it goes back to my parents. Um, and I think it goes back to the family unity that we had as a family, like, uh, regardless of how bad it ever got as a family, we always stuck together and had each other. And we've kind of done that in, uh, uh, business. It, it, I don't look back and say, okay, when did, was this super hard and when did it get good? I think it's always been that way with us where we let things roll. We don't dwell on things for more than a a few hours and we get past it. And uh, regardless if we're right or wrong, I understand that he's the CEO. And even if I don't agree with him, I'm going to do what he, uh, he asks of me to do and he's in that role and I'm fine with it. Wow. So my little brother wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah. So it works, but going back, uh, so I had sold nothing and, uh, he kind of changed my mindset, sent me out and I had a wake up call the next day. Like, uh, uh, I kind of got knocked into reality and, and that story was, uh, it was funny. I just gone out with Mike and he was like, dude, it's all in your head. I spent the whole day uh, knocking, zeroing out, saw he sold. He sent me out with our number two rep. His name is Jeremy Jackson. He ended up being a partner with us when we first started, uh, caliber and, um, very first door. (laughs) It's actually a funny story. Very first door we knock, uh, we're in surprise, Arizona. They have little black beetles out there (laughs) and it's like, uh, uh, also has an army base. So the first guy that answers the door, he's like an army general. And he comes like in your, our face, like, what do you want? <laughs> and I, in that scenario, I'm the people, but I would have been like, Hey dude, peace out. Like, I'm not trying to like bug you, but I sat and watched him take him from very aggressive to educating him on, uh, how we could solve a problem and why he needed it. And I was like in awe as I watched uh, the very first door and I had just got my butt kicked the day before with Mike and I was on the verge of like needing to go home or stay. And the whole time he's selling them, this dude's four year old kids like running in, running out. And he's like, get back in the house. Like, uh, cause he was uh, just being crazy. He was super distracted. And I'm standing behind both of them 
and um, we gets to the part where he's closing them, and this kid runs out, jumps from inside the house, and literally punches me in my jewels. <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> it's funny to think about now, and then it was too. We laughed about it hard, but they, they didn't know that it had happened. They were into the cell they didn't realize right. what happened so i go oh <laughs> and they both stand up and there was in arizona the houses are made of stucco right and behind the stucco is chicken wire and there's a piece of chicken wire sticking out so when i went oh that chicken wire went right in my pants sliced my butt and cut my shorts and so then i go oh (laughs) and both of them now are looking at me and they realize what happened and they're like on the ground laughing and i'm like bro your son just freaking took me out (laughs) but the the moral of the story is i had to go home to change my pants because like blood was running down (laughs) and i'm like dude like buck up like this is your wake-up call like figure it out and quit being a sissy and uh, go after it and um i did i did just that i actually uh started crushing it on the doors and and uh sold a lot of accounts and made a lot of money that summer but that's how it started and um i look back at what that taught me from um, so many aspects of my life on like how to endure through something that was difficult, how to talk to people, how to persuade them to do something that they, uh, didn't necessarily want. And you use that in business every single day. I loved it. I loved what it did for me. And I think that's what catapulted us into wanting to do it ourselves. You know, I think knocking doors. So I did it for about nine years. Yeah. And you know, just yeah. hearing that general story, <laughs> there's a lot about that that there's a really cool parallel to entrepreneurship, I think, just mm-hmm. because I think 90% of the population, when the general answers the door, it's like, what the hell do you want? Mm-hmm. You just be like, um, you have a beautiful home, sir. Uh, <laughs> have a nice day. And, you know, those are the people that just want to work for people. They just yeah. want to be safe. They don't want to get out of their comfort zone. They don't want to stand in the face of that like your buddy did uh-huh. and just, you know, the guys that say that, that don't get, you know, rattled by that, mm-hmm. stay in the pocket, right? Mm-hmm. A little football reference. And then just slowly kind of work the person down, get that guard down, yep. solve a problem, get a sale. It, there are so many things in life, whether it be marriage, family, starting a business that, that's what it is, man. Like, You're it looks like people. a hundred foot tall wall. Mm-hmm. There's no way in hell I can get over that. But mm-hmm. there's that small amount of people out there that does not let that intimidate them, and they stick in it, and then and then they get it. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between you knocking the door and then Mike knocking the door behind you. Mm-hmm. Is you don't take no for an answer because you believe in what you're doing, you believe in yeah. what you're selling, you stay in it. And you get a sale. And so I think starting a company is the same thing. It is. It's so intimidating and it's so scary to take that first step. But there are that select, there are those select few people like yourself that mm-hmm. it's like, man, if they can do it, I can do it. So yeah. let's, let's do it. I'll tell you, it's, it's, 
there's no doubt that you uh it's the resiliency that i talk about uh you have to be resilient and it's no different than when you're asking for someone's business sometimes you have to be resilient right and go for it and that's the beauty of what we teach people now right is uh how to be successful beyond the doors like knocking doors isn't a glorious job (laughs) it is not but but you're right there's so much that you can relate it to Mm because if you can knock a door away from home far from home in the heat of surprise arizona yeah right i mean the rejection a lot of times you don't even have a car because you get dropped off Mm -hmm. it's if you can do that there there are very few things that you can't do yeah and so i think it's such a great start for somebody that wants to get into business or or start their own thing going out knocking doors like there's not much that's going to scare you or intimidate you after that at least in the business world it's true so dvrs were brand new back then you guys remember when dvrs first came out and dish was paying a pretty good bounty for uh helping get uh customers uh we looked at it compared to uh, the pest control which is what we had knowledge in and we were like man this could be a cash cow rather than an investment for a long-term play uh we wanted to do something we could generate a bunch of cash with and then get into that uh more long-term uh stuff and so that's kind of the the uh, route we played is we just wanted we started a business uh and as young guys that's what we started for we wanted to generate a bunch of cash and be the biggest that's what it was all about right and so we did that we stayed it was dish one so so how long have you had been in preventative so i was 2002 and we started dish one 2004 so a couple years of selling you're like let's go do our own thing yeah mike was the president of sales over there for a little bit and he did want to respect the non-compete he didn't want to like go be a competitor to a company he loved and so we started the which uh, is very i'm sorry but nowadays that's a that's rare in that industry. that is that that industry is nuts it's just like the second someone dangles a little bit more money in your face, it's like, I'm out. Yeah. So the fact that he wanted to respect that and still had good feelings, like that's, that's, that goes back to the core, like integrity of Mike. Uh, that's what makes him a great guy. Right. But, um, we started dish and we quickly became like the biggest, uh, there was another company that was ahead of us called Atlas. Atlas ended up dissolving. And so we became the biggest pretty quick from a, dish network retailer perspective four years into it we got back into pest control now non-solicit was out right mark cram kind of peeled off and ran pest control for us uh while we continued to run the satellite side and mark's a partner of ours today too um before we go farther i want to talk mm -hmm. about something that i also think is interesting talking about you and mike specifically Mm -hmm. mike is kind of the more if you want to call it like a traditional path, like graduated in finance, mm-hmm. got his MBA from the U of U, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. mean, you would almost call him more like the traditionally the, the traditional path to mm-hmm. like what a CEO is, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have that. No. You know what I mean? Like you didn't go. So like what types of. And now Mike's mad because he realizes, <sighs> damn it, I did not need to do any of that <laughs> to be where I am today. I'd actually love to ask him that question. I can't like, remember who said it, but someone said like. Hey, I never let my schooling get in the way of my education. And I think that's the path that I've taken is like, 
I actually endorse school and I think everybody should do it and I'm going to have my kids do it, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> and I'm just fine with that. I love school for the uh, simple fact that it's the education part. Like I think that you should learn to continue to educate yourself, not only in school, but after school. I mean, if we're being honest, mm -hmm. kid from small town, Idaho, mm -hmm. you know, not a lot of college education, mm -hmm. summer sales guy, what in the world qualifies you to run the type of organization that you're running now? Like how have you, how have you taught yourself and how have you been able to evolve and adapt to get to where you're at? Okay. So let me tell you what it is. Um, and I don't give myself props for much, but I actually will give my props myself props for this. And that is, I'm not the most talented guy that you'll ever meet in the business world. But what I do get is I get people, I get opportunity and, um, I'm trustworthy. Like you can trust me. And so what I've been able to do is use that, uh, to influence some of the most talented guys. I feel like the most talented guys to join my team and, um, build something that's huge. Like the one thing that sets caliber apart, hands down, and it's a little bit unique is we've grown to the point where we've started taking some of the biggest, um, dealers in the country and folding them into our opportunity. And with that came some of the most talented, like business entrepreneurs in, right. in the satellite space anyways. And so when you look at the executive level, every one of my SVPs owned a big company at some point and where I come into play and uh, where my talent uh, really comes is those guys are the talent. Those guys are the studs that actually do most of the work to grow this business. Those guys, the regionals under them, the uh, managers under them, but um, I'm kind of the glue that keeps those guys together. Cause when you get four or five CEOs together, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet that's interesting. <clears throat> it's a lot of alpha. It's a great, it actually is a lot of alpha and it's really, really, uh, unique in our business, but we have come together really, really well. And, um, a lot of that talent in our business has come through relationships that I've built over time. And so, Let's I don't give myself any of the credit. I only give myself the credit for, uh, I'm president of sales and I'm by far not one of the best sales reps in the company. I mean, I know how to do it, but what I can do is the guys that are phenomenal, I can get them uh, working to build something awesome. Support them, motivate us, them. Yeah. So how do you do that? Because a lot of people have tried to take that route where they try to kind of build this team of really good people everyone thinks that they're the best. So how have you been able to take all of these personalities, strong personalities and help them understand that they might not be the best or they might not be right all the time? Like how have you been able to kind of, so what people that? don't know is there's several talented people we've brought in that no longer work for us, but the guys that are consistently there, that are building big things for us. They fit our culture of what we're trying to do overall. So when you look at the guys that are there that are building now, those guys are guys that fit uh, exactly what we are trying to do as a company. They care more about their people than anything. And 
um, they're fine with putting the, I mean, a lot of these guys went from making six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars a year as a, as a business owner to making less for the greater cause of what they're building overall. And you, you gotta actually respect the heck out of them. <laughs> Why'd you look at me when yeah. you said heck? Uh, it's like my wife's yeah. in here all of a sudden. <laughs> that BYU hat, you know, got to me. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to a BYU football <laughs> practice before, but the BY, the part of BYU I love, we're allowed to say that word. Oh, okay. <laughs> you really got to respect them um, and uh, what they're doing. And they've become some of my best friends. And now, that, like, that's the beauty of going to work. Like, I get to go to work with some of my best friends every single day. And, and we do have our differences and our meetings do sometimes get crazy with all that alpha male. Right. But uh, at the end, very similar. They're resilient. They're committed to the purpose and they want to do something that's greater than themselves, which so, is awesome. So what do you guys bring? You know, if I'm a CEO of a company that's doing good, what's the advantage in those companies folding into caliber? Like what, what advantages do they get by? So uh, it's funny you say that because the advantage isn't always necessarily for them. The advantage is for their people because we now have enough resources and a good enough platform that all of their people can come make more money, have a better, like stable environment. Um, and we've, we've also, uh, once you've heard this a lot, like money's important when you don't have it. Um, but once you have money or you've, you've gotten to the point where uh, you don't think about money all the time and it's not a driving force, you do things for different reasons. Sure. And, um, uh, that's really it. Like, uh, we're doing it for a different, uh, purpose and a different reason. And it's, it's, uh, we're now all committed to making something that actually, we call it the school of hard knocks, but the school of hard knocks is better than any freaking university in the, on the planet. Yes, we'll it teach, is. Yeah. We'll school teach you. School of YouTube. <laughs> school of your hard knocks. We don't have our own football team yet. <laughs> what's that? What's that saying that you always have, Andrew, about providing more value than you get in compensation or something like that? First principle for the go giver. Hey, it sounds a lot. So it sounds a lot this like this dude what, named Joe, and Joe was a successful businessman. Yeah, and uh, he wanted more, right? And he kept running into walls, and he runs into this billionaire that uh, is going to coach him. He introduces him to five dudes, and those are the five laws of the freaking go-giver. And that's yep. actually something that one of my best friends gave me uh, seven years ago and said, I live by this book, and it's actually changed uh, the way that I look at business in general. It's actually uh, – I used to say how to win friends, influence people is – is my go-to, but the go-giver is literally my go-to. It's everything that I want to uh, embrace in business. And I think it really uh, engulfs like what we're trying to accomplish. So, I mean, it sounds just like it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of what I kept thinking is, it's like, does Bob Berg consult for you guys? Dude, I do you remember that. giving me that book? Of course I do. Christmas, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Dude, he's coming on the podcast. Is he really? Yes. No way. I reached out to him and I've got in touch with him. Dude, He's coming on the podcast. Let me come. <laughs> I know we might have to go to Florida for that one, huh? <laughs> yep. 
Might be too good of one to not be in person. So anyone who's listening, go get the Go Giver. Yeah, I, I've literally given I don't know hundreds yeah, and hundreds of copies of this book to people. Yeah, and, and it's a short read. It's 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 not. It's little. I mean, what is I've it? talked to some people and they've been like, oh, it's kind of cheesy. But then other people, it's had the impact it's had on me. They have on black you, Jeremy. souls. Mm-hmm. If they think it's cheesy, they're just not a good person. I mean, it's a little cheesy, but it's actually at the core. Like it's a right. It's the perfect book bro. yeah it's awesome so yeah so jeremy as you've kind of built what you've built now you've you've reached you know certain levels of success mm-hmm. how are you what are you doing to your kids to instill the grind and the work ethic that you had growing up because your kids are growing up in a very different house mm-hmm. than you grew up in yeah what's yeah. that grid on your face Andrew? is it like twelve thousand square feet 15,000 square feet? No. Uh, no. It's not. Full court gym in the basement? <laughs> not at all. Um, that's that's like, my no, cup in Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, uh, my kids are something that the, I look at as um, the outside of do, building this business for purposes that I've explained. Uh, they're my why. And I think they're most people's why that have kids. But... How many kids uh, do you have? I have four. Four kids. And my kids are either uh, artificial insemination or in vitro. That's how they got here. So oh, wow. um, it, they're, they're pretty special to me. And it's it's the relationship that I care about most. And the, the one thing I have been blessed with is some fr- pretty sweet kids. Like, they're awesome. Um, and they're good kids. And uh, I think that there's a few things that uh, I try to – to teach them um it's been harder for me than for my dad but my 15 year old is working every single day at real athlete she has a job she understands what a debit card is and and uh, how she needs to track that in uh, her bank and we make her buy things that she wants with her money so she understands i work hard for this uh i'm probably not going to waste money she still tries to uh, milk us where she can. But, <laughs> that just means she's learning how to but sell. She's saving up <laughs> quite a bit of money and um, she's going after it. She's been consistent. She's awesome. She's beautiful. Uh, she makes me super proud. And um, I give a lot of credit to Robin with her, my wife. She's done a phenomenal job with her. Um, and uh, she gets to stay at home with the kids. She's uh, the perfect stay at home mom, like she gives her life to those kids. But one thing I try to do when I come home and, and, uh, I haven't always been great at it, but I'm getting better is I try to make sure that I spend that one-on-one time with them. And one thing that's really helped my 12 year old Aiden is, and he's a little stud. Uh, he's just a leader. He's, he's, uh, super, uh, he, he does dumb things sometimes. He's, <laughs> he's a 12 year old boy. What do you expect? He's a, yeah, for a 12 year old kid, I couldn't be prouder of him. And, uh, one thing I've actually done that is awesome is we talk about things like the go giver and things for motivation for years, every single night before he went to bed, we would balance it between spiritual. We might do something spiritual one night. We might do a motivational video one night. We might just look at freaking awesome runs from running backs one night. Uh, we talked, uh, I showed him a video two nights ago about uh, 
uh, it was a motivational video about a guy that uh, was a drug addict, was super rude to his mom. And one day he woke up and his mom was gone and she was the one lady that like cared for him. And he, he rolled that back into like cherish your mom while she's here. And last night when I sat down to watch some other videos, he's like that. I told mom how much I love her today oh, and blah, blah. Really so he's really good that way. <laughs> and blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. Things started getting a little feely for him. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I can't do this. Yeah, I'm <laughs> getting a little emotional. I, I was like, man, <laughs> this is amazing. Blah, Come blah on. is my, yeah, my escape route. Um, but he's a really well-centered, like, dude. And... I've taken that now and seen what it's done for him. So I'm starting to do that with my little ones. So very cool. It's cool. Now you're a super busy dude. Yeah. And may I say probably the absolute hardest person to get a hold of. It used to be you. Cam, Wait. Cam I'm Whoa. looking at you. Are we recording? The only person that I don't might think have I've been ever had somebody not put me in first place. In that to get a hold of this Cam feels really good. Then was Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I got but, your back. <laughs> one thing, you know, Vest Pearson. Oh, yeah. He talked about like there are seasons in everyone's life. And right mm -hmm. now you're in the season of running a business and growing mm -hmm. and it requires a lot of your time. Yeah. What types of things are non-negotiable for you though when it comes to the family? Like what is it? It's like, do you know what? I don't care what's going on. I'm not going to miss this. So when a kid has any type of an event that they've been working hard on, whether it's graduation or it's a game because they practice every single day or it's a cheering event, whatever it is, they put a lot of time and energy and effort into that. And uh, they don't do it just for themselves and their friends. The people that, it, like what a child wants to do is impress their parents more than anyone. And so I think when it's time for their practice to be put to the test, I need to make sure I'm there every single time because I want them. It's, it's funny, uh, because my 12 year olds pretty athletic. He's, uh, in every single play and my six year olds actually probably more athletic, but he's a, like a wuss. Like he's, <laughs> he's not like a real, like I'm going to go after it. Right. Um, and so, I go to his game and he doesn't really do much in the game, but when he's done, he's like, did you see me tackle that guy? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you killed it. <laughs> You're awesome. And really in my head, I'm thinking, bro, we got some work to do here. Man. <laughs> so I think that you just have to put that into perspective. Uh, I, I try not to miss uh, as much as I can. And I try to be at those events always because my kids do uh and it's one thing that i hope that i can eventually get there uh but they do sacrifice a lot of time away from their dad because i am uh, i do put a lot into this business and that's really my goal is uh i don't want to be doing it forever but i do love what i'm doing i love what it's doing for hundreds of families uh across the u.s and and I'm going to put it in, but I do also, I try to put it into perspective that there's a lot of good things my family gets to do together um, because of this job as well. So. Yeah, 100%. And I think that that's, we were talking about that with Jenna Rammel last week is mm -hmm. I think one of the most important things that, you know, she's very open about her love of money. Mm -hmm. 
And you know that at first that sounds kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> what does that mean? But when, once we broke it down, it was more about time for her. Mm-hmm. You know, it affords me the time to, if you want to go on a vacation that's with so your true. family, right? Or if, you know, if you want to be at the games, because that's what your kids are going to remember, mm-hmm. you know? Who cares if you're not there for practice or whatever? But if you're at the games, like, you know, once they're fathers and mothers and they realize how much time it takes to support a family and everything else, they're going to look back and be like, man, Pops was at every game and he ran a big business, a big yeah. company. Like, that's huge. That was awesome that he was mm-hmm. there. And, and so I think I think for a lot of people, and, and maybe yours is different, but helping other people, giving other people jobs, I mean, that's always going to come back to you. But But I think having the time to be able to go and be there for your family and and not miss that stuff is Mm -hmm. at least for me is a huge part of of i guess the way to say it is why i like money right Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't like it enough to open another restaurant there's certain things that money does yeah (laughs) yeah. and i try to keep that perspective into my kids all the time is uh, at the end of the day your friends are cool but you're going to be stuck with us forever (laughs) (laughs) yep and that's where the family trips and having that unity as a family and making sure that we spend the time together to, uh, at the end of the day, have that relationship is super important to my wife and I, and we we embrace that wholeheartedly. Um, and to be honest, that's where the go giver and the change in our business like really occurred. Um, I had a brother that struggled with addiction and it was like the craziest thing seeing this Hammond clan of nine really like it it affected everyone. Um, and even though we weren't at home anymore, like we all felt it, we all, uh, like were pulling for him and we mourned, uh, the fact that he was struggling so hard. And, um, it came to a point where he hit his rock bottom. He's like, dude, I need, like he, we'd already tried to help him several ways and it hadn't stuck, but he was finally like, I need help. And that's like the perfect thing that you want to hear is 100%. I need help, not you need help, but I need help. Right. And we wanted to get him into a facility that actually could uh, give, make a difference. And, uh, the Cirque Lodge, uh, eighth North, it's $30,000 a month. Right. And he felt like that was his best chance. They have doctors there that can like look at the psychology of the brain and see like how they're doing. And because of our business, we were in a position to pay for it. And I'm like, that's why we do what we do. But it's started changing what we did. Cause my, I mean, my brother that struggled, he is literally like, it's amazing to watch the transformation where he's at and what a stud he is now and, and see that like overcoming the the obstacles and what having a successful business was able to support and do for him. And now you do that, not to that level, but you're doing that with a lot of people that come in to this industry or into this job that don't have a lot and they leave with fulfillment because there's so many kids that they'll go out and make a hundred thousand dollars in four months and then they'll go find a job the next year for forty thousand dollars a year because they don't want to do it again it's because you can be left at the end of a summer with a bunch of money but if you're not fulfilled and you don't know what you're doing with that money and there's not like the long-term vision like 
good luck keeping them around. So how have you guys found, like, what's been your key to that? Because you guys have done a really good job. You know, it's obviously a focus of the owners, this culture Mm -hmm. and this fulfillment, right? So it's our SVPs have been awesome at it. Those guys I talked about, the business owners, they uh, have embraced some of that stuff. Like we preach things like power hour, um, which is give yourself the time in the morning to like educate yourself. Uh, we preach, uh, talk about that a little bit for the, maybe for mm-hmm. like people who are listening. Yeah. So power hour is every single morning, uh, you give yourself, uh, time to, uh, look at the, your personal side, uh, to study something personally, business, uh, spiritual, um, you really break down that hour into uh, different elements and it's all about you, whether it's financially uh, self-educating yourself. We preach that you do that every single day. And uh, Mark Cram, if you get him on here, he's uh, for a long time, he did uh, an uh, an email and uh, uh, a little motivational message every single uh, day for a long time. But it was all about power hour. He would preach and educate our guys as, as much as he uh, possibly could. But outside of power hour, um, we also believe that uh, you need to pay attention to your what you're doing with your money. So we had one of our regionals that became a, uh, he's just like AVB right over here. <laughs> but he's come in and he's really put together a financial program. And uh, our guys go through that. Uh, educational process so important to educate mm-hmm. yourself especially in that industry mm-hmm. you yes. know it was always so funny I always thought that that was like the alarm industry's way of keeping people in was they just go out and blow their back end and buy a BMW or something and then not have any money I'm like well I guess I got to go back out if I want to keep this lifestyle but there's because I mean that the financial education goes all the way back to school like we don't do any of that in this country like they don't teach that in school they don't teach kids about debit cards and about credit and about things like that. And so I think I think companies do have a responsibility. It's like if you offer somebody an opportunity to make, geez, $100,000 in a half of a year, mm-hmm. like that could be a pretty – you could actually hurt somebody with yeah. – I mean, you give a 21-year-old hundred grand in six months mm-hmm. does, that doesn't know what they're doing it for or what to do with it. I mean, holy crap, you can get a whole host of problems. And so I think education is a huge thing. You know, uh, some of our more successful guys, what they do is they almost live broke. It's actually awesome. They'll take all the money they earn, they'll put it into real estate, and it will force them to continue to, like, drive the business and make more money um, so that when they are done, they're not left with a bunch of money that they blow, but they're left with assets, right? Right. What would you say has been, like, the single most – has there been better question like a moment that stands out you know something that happened that you're like you know what we're doing it i call it progress because you can do a lot uh, you can be a go-getter right and get a right. lot of results but are you really making progress and so that's a repetitive um thing that happens a lot in our industry where we see uh, guys that will come in and say, I just want to get my first house or even like, I want my first car. Um, or I have sucky credit and, um, I'm wanting to be more financially stable and, and we get those, uh, weekly. And 
honestly, that's the most fulfilling part about this job is it's the platform I talked about. Right. It's not about the opportunity. It's not about how much I'm going to pay you. It's about what is this platform going to do for you? And what's end. the result of this? What mm-hmm. is the end result of right. yeah. all of this stuff? Mm-hmm. The money is, you know, nice and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but where, where are we going to end up? Right. You know, uh, salespeople too, <laughs> good salespeople inherently have problems. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, you, I think it's a balance thing, right? God gives you some talents. Yeah. But he also gives you some weaknesses. And I think with salespeople, they're so great at people. Yeah. And they have such a gift. Like, I mean, you saw it your first couple of weeks, you know, mm-hmm. just same doors. And I mean, you've already like kind of ruined the door, right? Like mm-hmm. you knocked on the door. <laughs> you've already bugged the person. So your brother's knocking into somebody that's already like, oh, what the freak? Uh, what do you want? <laughs> somebody was just here, you know, but a lot of times with good salespeople, they, they're really good at that, but they really suck at other things. Mm-hmm. That's how I was. Like it was easy for me. I could sell really quick, but I'd sell two alarms by like four thirty, and my motivation was like I'm going to a movie afterwards. You know? <laughs> and so it was. You know, I was never really good with money. And that's the thing is, if you can take somebody that has that, that gift with people and with communication, mm-hmm. and then help them build those weaknesses, because that's why we have weaknesses, right? Yeah. Like it's to help us grow and learn new things. But if you can. If there's a company that cares enough, that's like, hey, you're making yourself money, your family money, you're making us money. So we want to show you that we value you and we're going to help you out with this side and teach you kind of what we've learned. Like you can really build a very, very powerful person. Well, that's what will also get people to do one of the less glamorous jobs over and over again is if they know they're making progress, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. And if you know, because it's so easy, it's easy and this maybe sounds bad. It's easy to go out and make money if you're a good salesman. You'll always have a job. But it's a hamster wheel, mm-hmm. right? Like you'll never get off of it. You'll make money, you'll spend it. You'll make money, you'll spend it. Kind of feast or famine, whatever. But you don't progress. Yeah. And that's the one thing I saw in the industry when I was there was I never really had anybody telling me what to do with it or how to be smart with it. There was kind of the click above me that had that. But man, if one of them would have come down and said, okay, Every ten grand you make, we're going to take five and we're going to put it here, and I'm going to teach you what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Yeah, I mean, it would have made all the difference. And you in the get world. them young, and when they first start, like it makes a massive. You difference. teach well, them principle create, and discipline, right? And it's got to create some loyalty for you too, because especially in the industry that you're in, it's so easy to bounce around. But if you have a company that I'm making great money and I feel valued and they Mm. care about me and they don't want me just to make money for everybody. They want Mm. me to learn how to be smart with it. They're not going to want to leave that. That's the go giver right there in and of itself. Yeah. You create more value than I mean, and then you create an army of walking ambassadors. Yeah. 100%. And that's, that's very cool to hear somebody in your position. You're talking more about the value that you're giving than, than your success. And that says a lot about, you and your brother and 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 your company frankly and that's that's why you guys are a success so let me give you an example of how that's actually helped us big time is in the beginning you're all about the numbers and the money right as our business has evolved um you actually look at it from the uh products that we represent uh, the two biggest right now being dish and sprint and you say, okay, how am I bringing tremendous value to them? 
and we changed our focus five years ago when Dish bought us to, you know what, we're going to go after the highest credit score, uh, the longest uh, term, best, most profitable type of customer, which is rural America for them. And we're going to really bring as much value as we can to our partners. And in return, what that's done is it's really made them value us. Uh, like we can be doing significantly less accounts than their Google pay-per-click. These companies do hundreds of thousands of accounts and we don't do hundreds of thousands of accounts, but our accounts are worth three times the amount of any of their other accounts. So I can do a third of the volume and I'm bringing just as much volume value and they can't go do it. And so really that's our niche at this point. Like we've made quality it harder to be quality. here. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me play devil's advocate for a second yeah. with you. Cause I love what we're talking about, but if someone was just getting started, if you were just getting started with a new business, how can, how can you start a new business focused on value and culture and fulfillment as opposed to money? Because yeah, I think you, some, you I think, should know, you know why I think some people <laughs> the go giver talks exactly about this. It's like one of the first questions people ask themselves is when they go to start a new business is how much money am I going to make? What's it look like? Well, that's probably the wrong first question. It's a good question. I love that you brought it up, but it's, it's the not wrong a bad question. First question. It's the wrong first question. Yes. So you got to make sure you're making money, but you've actually, the first question should be what kind of value am I bringing to others with this product and what problem am I solving? And then the money comes. Right. And so, um, I think keeping that into perspective is, uh, exactly what we try to do. Love it. Just well, that's I lobbed it right. up there. And he just knocked that's it right, right out. <laughs> that's all the Gary V stuff, right? Yep. Bring more value. I mean, it's it's the same principle. For but, sure it is. Well, and you did kind of say in the beginning, like, you know, you evolve. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, when we first started, we wanted to be the biggest. We want to make the money. But once the money's coming in, it's like, okay, there's only so much that that money is money. But now mm -hmm. what, what can we evolve into? And what and you sure. know, how can we be better and bigger and 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 give more people this opportunity. And so, and my love for people is a blessing. It's also a curse. I mean, you say I'm busy, but I, I'm busy because I talk way too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I don't go into the dining yeah. room at lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. I'll be right. stuck out there for three hours, just chatting it up. Won't get but I love my people. I, I am fortunate enough to work, like I said, with some of my best friends and I've either recruited them in and they work with me now. And, and honestly, it's, that's what matters more to me is having the relationship with them and being able to work with my friends than it does to, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we got to be successful and run a successful business, but it's all working together and it actually works pretty good. Huh. Very cool. So last question before we go, mm -hmm. what are you excited about? What are you working on right now? Not in the business, but personally, do you have something that's kind of your, your next target? Do you have something that you're working towards? Well, uh, I, my goal is to get into a position where I'm not the hardest guy to get a hold of, but I, my friends are important, but my family is by far the most important. Right. And so I just want to get in a position where I can spend more time. I want to be, for example, I want to be the head coach of my son's football uh, team next year. It's a time commitment I cannot give right now, right. but my dad was a coach growing up. And I see what that's done for my friends and for me and the influence he's had on my friends and me. 
And I'm like, I don't want to look back and be like, a, I got caliber that I was awesome at. But I want to be able to say like, hey, I balanced it all like perfect. So I think that's really uh, it is freeing up time. I've talked to you a little bit about this AVB. Um, but I want to free up time for what's most important. And I struggle with that a little bit, to be honest with you. I get, I'm a Hammonds or one track mind. So <laughs> right. I get to work and I'm like, oh, wait, I have a family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool to hear, again, somebody at your level have such a specific, it's, you know, it's a fairly, I don't want to say a simple goal, mm-hmm. but it's cool that you're thinking in terms of, it's not just, I want more time with my family. I want to be the head coach of my kids football team yeah that's really cool i mean it's a very direct you know and specific goal and to hear somebody that has you know earned the success that you have still setting those types of goals i think it's an educational thing you know i don't think that specifically and i and i need to yeah but i mean that's well cam i can see why you're successful man Uh, oh thank you yeah uh you're a people person i can tell kind of like me and i and AVB, uh, I can't say enough about you. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, he's uh, a good dude. He is a good dude. I'll tell you, um, having him be a member at my gym was one of the funnest <laughs> times of my life. He crushed me at basically everything except for shoulders to overhead. So, <laughs> so the moral of the story is if he has to run to save your life, you're good. But if he has to lift a tree off you, you are you might as well die. Well, I can pick it up. I just can't push it above my head. Okay, that's it. That's what's teamwork, right? Uh, that's right. He's better th- at me than most, but I can lift a little bit more over my head. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Well, thanks yeah. for coming Jeremy, on. Yeah, thanks, thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Very, you very cool conversation. And, yeah, we're excited for you. And I'll help sponsor the uh, football team next year. Yeah, I'll do buddy. some team meals for you when you're head coach. But only if you're the head coach. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to try to incentivize you to, to do it. get that head coach spot. So well, Thanks for thinking of me. Right. Very cool. Thanks, Jerry. All right, guys. Thanks for joining. Mm-hmm.